0: standing this afternoon. I'd like for you to go with us to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30. Let me express my appreciation to all of the brethren who have preceded me in this conference. I have been blessed by your ministry immensely. Amen. I have been enriched. I want to say to Brother Elder, thank you for obeying the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, this entire week, have uh, struggled with two or three different messages trying to settle my mind and heart for this service. And this morning when I rose and began to prepare for the day, the Lord took me in a complete different direction. And Brother Elder preached part one, and with the help of the Lord, I'll preach part two. Praise God. Without a doubt, I felt that there was a confirmation in the Holy Ghost with what he preached, and um, I want to try to obey the Lord myself this afternoon. Don't you appreciate the diversities of ministries in the Apostolic Church? I didn't say diversities of messages, I said diversities of ministries. Thank God, Peter, James, and and, uh, Paul, or Peter, John, and Paul uh, are the three ministries that seem to stand head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the New Testament, And each of their ministries uh, seemed to be a follow-up of either their occupation or what they were doing at the time that they were called, that was associated with their occupation. In Mark chapter 1, Peter was casting his net, and John was mending his net. Paul was a tent builder. And uh, I think these three men represent, for the most part, the uh, ministries of the apostolic church. And uh, we have those that are ingatherers, those men that can have a great impact for revival and winning souls. And uh, then we have those who are like Paul. Uh, they build. They're master builders. And we have those who are like the Apostle John, who uh, was a man that was a restorer. He was a repairer. The, right, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus was completely different than John wrote in the book of Revelation. Amen. And I thank God for all of the men that preach this wonderful message
1: in the apostolic race.
0: Amen. We have men that come in and can preach, and many people get the Holy Ghost. We have other men coming in, and they're establishing those that have been preached. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. The the sheet that Peter saw knit at four corners, Paul, and and it represented the Gentile church. Paul took that same sheet and made a house out of it, and they gave him a place to live. And so, I appreciate the, the ministries, and I thank you, brethren, for obeying the Holy Ghost, and if the Lord will help us this afternoon, then we'll do our best. I realize I'm the only thing standing between you and lunch, and uh, so I'll do my best to make this as painless as possible. Hallelujah. Isaiah 30, and I have rather let the reading, please indulge me and bear with me. Woe to the rebellious children! saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, that cover with a covering but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and the trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. For his princes were at Zoan and his ambassadors came to Hanes. They were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them, nor be in help nor profit, but a shame and also a reproach. The burden of the beast of the south into the land of trouble and anguish. From thence come the young and old lion, the viper, and the fiery flying serpent. They will carry their ridges upon the shoulders of young asses and their treasures upon the bunches of camels to a people that shall not profit them. For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. Now go and pay particular attention to the next few verses. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, calls the Holy One of Israel to cease before us. Therefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay their own, thus, therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant, and he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel. It is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a sherd to take fire from the hearth, to take water with all out of the pit. Amen. If the Lord will help me this afternoon, I want to preach on this thought, the price of rejecting right things. Amen. The price of rejecting right things. Amen. If I would subtitle it, I guess it would be the result, and that is not enough left to be of any use. Amen. Would you help us pray right now? Everybody together. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to let our hearts be open and receptive. Bless you, you may be seated. Makes me see how low I really am. Hallelujah. This is like we get in the pulpit and preach, brother, please. Amen. I think being in this pulpit for the most part speaks about where I stand. And if it don't, ask me after service and I'll tell you where I stand. Oh, hallelujah.
1: And if you don't have
0: time, I'll just tell you I still preach against. The face, hey, amen, short hair, all that good stuff, come on, hey, amen, you know, I don't know why we do this, sometimes we feel like we are got to qualify where we are, but there's a danger in always measuring how far we are away from the world, well, praise the Lord, let's get quiet now, there's a danger in saying we're still five miles away from the world, because if we're always measured how far we are away from the world, we're going the same direction they are. We just haven't got there as quick as they have. Hallelujah. God deliver us from comparing ourselves among ourselves and doing nothing but preaching about what we are not where the world is concerned. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It was a psalmist that said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Nor Ah, That's Amen. David was a man that knew how to kill a lion. Well, hallelujah. I said, he knew how to kill a lion. But if you read 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want you to note something. The Bible said, he told Saul these words. He said, ah, their servant was out watching his father's sheep. And he said, a lion that came in and took a lamb I'll make a line of skin, amen, out of you to hang on my wall. Oh, praise the And I'll take that bearskin skin rug and I'll make it something I can put on my floor and walk on. back like up One thing, bless God, I've kept out of my church, and I'm telling you now, I believe it, and I preach it, Amen. But I'm telling you, it's not enough just to keep some things out. There's some things that need to be brought in. Hallelujah! I said, protected by the rivers of waters! Well, hallelujah, tell us what's right. Tell us truth. Now, praise the Lord. We still need somebody holding up Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he makes some folks uncomfortable. amen, when you start preaching about the Holy One of Israel, you want to make folks uncomfortable? Let me tell you, church. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, you can put down all the laws you want, and I put them down myself, but people don't live it just because of the law. All you got to do is read your Bible and find out that. I'll tell you what it takes. It takes somebody holding up something holy before their eyes. That motivates them, that moves them, that helps them to see themselves. Come on now. We still need preachers preaching and ministering things that are holy about God. Because you see, there's... People sitting on our, our pews that need to be made uncomfortable. Young men with a tendency toward effeminacy. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. You are sitting in our congregations around America. Well, oh, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. People, well, God help me, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, those wimpy, lip-wristed, lip-wristed, whatever they are. Hallelujah. Amen. Those wimpy, lip-wristed fellas, hallelujah, sitting around need to hear somebody preach about the man of sorrows. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now, the man of sorrows. Not the sister of sorrows. Not the of sorrows, but the man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now, we need somebody that gets uncomfortable with their namby tamby lifestyle. We need somebody that hears about a holy God that stirs them and makes them realize this kind of lifestyle is not what's pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get Jesus out of my face! Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Quit talking about Jesus and His holiness. It makes me feel too guilty. That's what we need. We still need that convicting preaching that puts us on the altar, like we've already heard this week. Come on, I've already wept this week and prayed. Oh God, wash me one more I'll tell you what starts happening. The walls start swelling. Let me tell you something. I watch. I watch. And every pastor in this place watches when people turn their ears off to preaching. When they're no longer affected by right things. But they're saying, I'd rather have flattery. I'd rather have smooth things. Come on, don't be so hard, preacher. Please don't be so tough. Don't be so straight. Don't be so strong with the message. This iniquity, this attitude, this spirit,
1: that wall that's been
0: holding all those things in check. And I watch you sitting there, sweating. And sometimes we think, sometimes we think, as saints. Sometimes people think as saints. Well, what happened? They were doing so good. They were. I tell you, they were in the prayer room. They were shot him on Sunday night. What happened to him? Because they rejected me preaching so long that the thing kept swelling, and sweating until there was no more strength left in the wall and what was behind the wall broke suddenly. If you don't keep some things contained in your life, if you don't keep some things subjected to the Holy Ghost by preaching When they're unleashed within your life, they will literally destroy you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. It's not the world that destroys you, and it's not the devil that destroys you. Jesus said, no man can put you out of my hand. Amen. It's not the world that comes in and takes you out. It's not the devil that comes in and takes you out. I'll tell you what it is. It's your own flesh. Hallelujah. That preaching has been building a wall for you. And it's been establishing a barrier, a standard. Hallelujah. To hold back some things that if they are not contained, if they're not held in check. When they break forth what appears to be a sudden breaking, which is reality, a result of a swelling, a weakening of the wall over a period of time, sometimes a long period. It will literally destroy soul. Your flesh and the works of your flesh are far more dangerous to you than anything else around you. Just give me a few moments. Let me bring this full circle. In the Old Testament, there's some brief mention, some passing mention the what was referred to as the evening wolves. Habakkuk 1 and 8 said, Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. Zechariah 3 and 3 said, Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones till the morrow. And when you read that, it almost sounds like that they say some things the next day, but when you study out these evening wolves, They were a type of wolf that moved in in the evening time at best and jumped their prey and consumed the prey till there was literally nothing left. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you there's some evening wolves lurking on the peripheral skirts, outer skirts of the church, waiting at a sudden instant. You've far enough away from preaching to pounce on you suddenly and consume. I'll tell you something: we're dealing with some, we're dealing with what they call today some social ills or some social issues. They're not social issues in reality; they are spiritual issues. Well, praise God! And if we're not careful, we're going to be sympathetic toward abortion and toward homosexuality. Because we are constantly being bombarded with the howl of the evening wolves.
1: Oh hallelujah!
0: And we feel like the best thing to do is just kind of appease them. Somebody in the pulpit warning us about the evening wolves. Oh hallelujah! Jeremiah 8 17, says, "I'll send serpents and cockatrice[s] among you, which will not be charmed." Serpents. That will not be charmed. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we get our little flute out we start playing our little tune and our little serpent starts coming out and we think that we can charm the deadly carnality. The deadly flesh. Let me tell you something, brethren, saints. There are some things that when they sink their fangs into us, they inject a poison that destroys our relationship with God. There are some things that can't be charmed. We don't need to charm some things in this church. We don't need to think we can play some tunes and we can make them stay under our spell. Hallelujah. Because you despise this word what's so going to happen. He said the iniquity will be to you as a breach ready for fall and swelling out in a high wall whose breaking forth comes sudden at an instant. And listen. It said he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare. So that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a sherd to take fire from the earth or to take water with all out of the pit. Preaching has not only been designed to save us, but preaching has been designed to keep us saved. He chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And it's not just your initial faith in God, it's that keeping right on believing. Every day, coming back to the Word of the Lord, coming back to church, saying, preach it one more time, preacher. I believe what you're saying. The devastation that's wreaked upon an individual's life who has risen up and said, Don't preach to me right things. It's like the breaking of the potter's vessel. It is rendered so fragmented that it's useless for anything. Nothing large enough to even serve, to take fire from the hearth or water from the well. There won't be enough left of your walk with God to get fire off the altar of revival. There won't be enough of your walk with God as to be able to dip down the wells of salvation and draw water. Hallelujah. There won't be any joy left. You know what I'm telling you? Amen. The price of rejecting right things or the price of rejecting right preaching puts us in a position where we don't have enough left of us to be of any use for the kingdom of God of God Praise Lord I close with a few words here the very creation of God chapter 1 of Genesis exhibits to us the three agencies that the Lord uses in his work upon earth his spirit hovered his spirit moved upon the face of the waters. the very first thing that came to this earth was the spirit of God and it moved, it hovered over the face of the waters, and it was into the atmosphere of the spirit that the word of the Lord went. And when the Word of God went into the atmosphere of the spirit and said, "Let there be light, and there was light. there was something created that looked exactly like the Word that was spoken. That's why we do the Holy Ghost in our church services, so when the Word of God is preached. In a congregation, some things happen in us that looks exactly what's being preached right now. Come on now, if the preacher's preaching on praise, there ought to be some praise rising up in our heart. If he's preaching on Calvary, there ought to be a desire. And let the blood flow over me one more time. If he's preaching on holiness, there ought to be an inventory being taken of our heart and not sitting back saying, I don't believe all of that. I don't need all of that. But there ought to be something happening in us that looks exactly, if he's preaching on repentance, i be repenting while the word of God is being preached. Before it was all said and done, God said, let us make man and give him dominion over the earth. The Spirit moved, the Word produced, and the man preserved what the Word had produced and the Spirit had moved upon. Hallelujah. And in every single major time in, in the work of God, it was those three agencies that played a very important role. When Israel came out of the land of Egypt, it was the Spirit of God that first came to them in a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. It was the Word of God that was given on Mount Sinai, and it was the ministry that was established in their course of order. They had the Word said about them. I think it's in First or Second Chronicles 15. He said, Now, Israel was without a teaching priest, and they were without the law, and they were without a true God. They were without the Spirit, they were without the Word, and they were without the man of God. On the day of Pentecost, the first thing that came to the church was the Spirit. Second thing that came was, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, the Word of God. The third thing that came was the ministry when they recognized it and said, men and brethren, what shall... We do. Hallelujah. Friend, when you reject the preaching of the Word of God, you have lessened your chances of being saved by 33 and one-third percent. When you reject the man of God, you lessen your chances of being saved. Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, church. It's the truth. Come on, that says the truth. There's a lot of folks that want all spirit, but they don't know word and no preacher. And there's some folks that want all word, but I don't want no spirit. Hallelujah. The first thing that came, and is, is this Clark right? Am I? Right? Hallelujah. Yes, it's close. Hallelujah. Close enough. The first thing that came was the spirit. The second thing that came was the word. And I believe the very first thing that God Listen to me, church. The very first thing that God does when you sin is He sends His Spirit to convict you. And when you don't respond to His Spirit, He brings the next thing, His Word. I believe, brethren, that there are people in our churches that do things, commit sins, that we don't ever know anything about. Simply because when they committed the act, they repented before the Lord because their spirit was in condemnation and they got it right with God. Praise the Lord. But I have stepped to the pulpit and preached, brethren, when I didn't know why I was preaching what I was preaching. And I never did know. And the reason I never did know is because they hit the altar and they got it right with God. They may have rejected the Spirit of God that came first, but when the Word of God came, they responded. Come on now. But I tell you that there have been times that two or three weeks have passed and I found myself sitting in the office realizing what I had preached two weeks before because they rejected the Spirit that came and they rejected the Word that came. And the last thing is the preacher. I feel what I'm saying in the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. The last thing that came was the preacher. And I have seen them get up and walk out the door and reject the last opportunity. i tell you what I believe. I don't believe I hold your salvation in my hand, but I do believe this. That if you reject the Spirit and God brings the Word and you reject the Word and then God puts the man there and you reject the man, you will never go back around the preacher and the Word. Go back to the Spirit. Hallelujah. You're going to come right back through that preacher. And you're going to come back to the Word before you ever get back to where you ought to be with the Spirit of God. I have watched people sit on the pew and struggle for months on in until they finally broke down in their spirit and came and said, Pastor, forgive me. I was wrong. I have tried to shout. I've tried to run. I've tried to do these things. But I've been unable to make any kind of move toward God simply because I knew that it wasn't right where you were concerned. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the holy power of God in this place right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to reject the Spirit of God. I want a, I want a, I want a sensitive heart. I want a sensitive spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, friend. Amen. You, you live wrong enough sometime to realize what's happening when God begins to deal with your heart. Amen. David, younger man, transgressed. And the preacher had to come and say, Thou art the man. Hallelujah. But you go down the road when he was an older man, he had learned the lesson. And whenever he had counted the people of Israel, the Bible said that his heart smote him. And he was up all night and he was waiting the next morning for the preacher when the preacher got there. He didn't have to wait on the preacher to tell him where he was wrong that time. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus looked at those accusers of the woman calling the very act of adultery. And he said, Woman! Or, or, or whenever they brought him and they said, What, would, what, what do you say about it? And he said, He goes, Without sin, cast the first stone. The Bible said, Listen, it said they begin to leave from the eldest to the youngest. I'll tell you why the eldest left first. Because they'd been been down that road. Been there, done that. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden they realized it's time to drop the stones. Because Jesus don't come to church for a stone-throwing party. He comes to save souls. Come on, saints. Hallelujah. 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 He comes to deliver. He comes to make a difference in people's lives. Now listen to me. I'm not through yet. I'm I'm trying. I promise you I'm trying to quit. Amen. The eldest to the youngest because, you see, the younger sometimes are a little more brazen. They haven't learned the lessons that the elders have learned. Elders have already been down the road where they were condemned and convicted and recognized that they had to when they stood before the Lord. When you stood before holiness. When you stood before the epitome of all oh, that's righteous and true and godly and holy, you better drop your box. Put your songs down, because when you get in His presence, ain't nobody can stand there uncondemned. Come on now. And the elders started leaving and moving out of the way, and it went long before the younger started looking around, and they didn't have anybody behind them supporting them. And they said, it's time to throw our rocks down the spell." And Jesus looked at this woman. And he said, woman, worry about it. The no man, Lord. Listen. Grace and love said, neither do I condemn thee. But truth said, go thy way. Sin no more. Hallelujah. I'm trying to wrap all this up and just tell you that preaching is so important. And not just any kind of preaching, but right preaching, and straight preaching, and right things, not deceit. Who wants a preacher to get up and tell them, you're okay when you're not okay? Who wants a man of God to get up before a congregation and tell a congregation, everything's okay when it's not okay? Who wants to hear flattery when they know that it's not flattery they need? Who wants a Valium tablet when they know they need more than a Valium tablet? They need the radiation of God's Word piercing. Amen. They need the sword that pierces even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and the It is a center of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Who wants smooth things and flattery when they know that it's going to be their shame and their reproach? Hallelujah. We better thank God there's a Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost that overshadows us. And we better thank our God that there's a Holy Word that goes forth in our midst to try to correct the deficiencies that are in our life. And thank God that there is a preacher that's got the tenacity and the anointing and the the desire to preach what's right and to hold up the Holy One before the church. Hallelujah. Brethren, I have preached my heart today. Thank you for your kind attention. But if we reject right preaching, that which is contained and that which is in subjection to the preaching of the word of the Lord, if we reject right things, it's going to be a breaking forth. And we are going to be so wiped out, so destroyed. We're going to be so fragmented. How many lives have you seen fragmented because they rejected the word of the Lord? That you will not be any benefit to the church or to the kingdom of God. You won't even be any benefit to your own self. You will not even be able to draw fire for your own self or draw water from the well. Much less be a benefit to anybody else. I want to fall in love with the Word of the Lord. And I want to fall in love. with us I want to fall in love with the Holy One. This bell. Let's come to the music, please. I want to fall in love with the Holy One of Israel. I want to fall in love with Jesus one more time. I want to be holy. Holy like you. Do you know that, Sing whatever you feel. Hallelujah. I want to fall in love with right things. here today that just feels like I need to respond to the Word of God. I don't ever, I, as, as a preacher, brethren, as a preacher, I don't want to sit back there hear another man preach and reject what he's saying. I want to be open to the Word of God. I want to be receptive to His Spirit. I want my heart to be open to truth. Righteousness, the holiness. How about it, church? How about it all over the auditorium? Is there anybody here this afternoon that feels like it would just be the right thing to do to talk to him for a while?